All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Nosebleeds. We're getting a little bit of a late start today because I actually had a nosebleed. It was incredible. It was. It couldn't have been any better timing. I actually had a nosebleed. So uh, that was an act of God. It was. It was. We were just getting ready to start, and all of a sudden, I said I was getting ready to say, "Welcome back to the nosebleeds," and blood starts dripping down the face. Man, too much salt. <laughs> too much salt. I, I pour. So when I have salt with my, like if I get French fries, pour the French fries in the bag they come in and then dump like four or five of those packets of salt, shake them up real good. Eey. Oh, it's so good though. It is not too salty though. There's no such thing uh, as too salty for me. Right, yeah. So anyway, welcome back everybody. Uh, thanks for everybody that listened before. Uh, we appreciate it. The You're Crazy bit uh, worked a little bit, so we got a couple of Your Crazies we're going to start off with um, today. Adam, to start off though, how are you doing? Splendid. Splendid. How are you? If I was any better, I'd be you. Guys, you can find us. On the nosebleeds at the nosebleeds on Facebook, you can search us the nosebleeds sports podcast on YouTube, on the SoundCloud, on the iTunes podcast, and uh, you can also catch us on Castbox. Indeed, indeed. All right, so uh, today we're gonna we're gonna start off. We're gonna go over the you're crazy. I don't have any more fun sounds for it because we. The, the last week's sounds were terrible. So we'll have to give that another go. We can just do a live one. It'll be, you're crazy. That's it right there. There you go. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, we're going to get into some some NBA because I got a lot of things I want to talk about about these playoffs. Been a fun, fun series so far. The first two games of both series were both blowouts, but now we're starting to get into some fun games. Yeah. Draymond Green got posterized greatest day of my life uh I, we're going to talk a little bit about this michael jordan documentary uh and then we'll get into some baseball because we are from cincinnati ohio so we got to talk about our cincinnati reds who uh have been you know playing uh average ball as of late yeah. which which we'll is take which is far better than what they were playing i would take i'll take average ball all day long adam before we get started brother if anybody wants to catch you on the tweet box where are we going to well, to translate, the tweet box is twitter.com, and that <laughs> you can find me, Adam Schmidt 44. At Adam Schmidt 44. At Adam Schmidt 44. At Adam at Schmidt 44. Sign. At, at sign. Can't, don't forget that. Uh, not an ampersand, but an at signed. Correct. And uh, you can catch me at Sick With It. We appreciate everybody listening. So speaking of everybody listening, we got this new uh, this new segment we want, we started last week. It's called You're Crazy. Basically, anything that we say, if you think that we're crazy, hashtag you're crazy at Adam Schmidt 44 at Sick With It or on Facebook and tell us what we said that you think we're crazy about. And then we'll come back this next week, give you a shout out. And we're also going to tell you either while you're why you're right or why you are the crazy one. And if you have either one of our phone numbers. Feel free text, to text. Text us, call us. Call. We're not going to give out our phone numbers on it. here because anybody in the world can honestly access this podcast, <clears throat> which is incredible. But, um, but so yeah, that's why we've we're had not do we've that. had five people from out of the country listen to our podcast. No way. Yes. Uh oh man, we are international. Look out, worldwide, <laughs> worldwide. So so speaking of that, <clears throat> um, our man Tyler Roop, host of the Cheap Seats on UCLARadio.com every Wednesday. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Please give that a listen. He is a UCLA student, does it with a couple of his buddies out there. They do an awesome job. Uh, they kind of give you the millennial view uh, where I might be the old man view on my side. But I got. I, I, we'll, we'll get more into that as we get into the You're Crazy because this week's You're Crazy is... So Tyler Roop, text me. Like I said, if you have either Chris or my number, go for it. Um <clears throat> So, so he was uh, referring to, I believe it was Game Two of this Celtics uh, Cavs series, that the uh, that J.R. Smith was called for a flagrant one foul against Al Horford toward the end of Game Two, I believe it was. Um, Two hand shove in the back. Horford was going up. He was in the air, going for a going for a layup. It was a it was a fairly hard foul. Um, but fairly hard is might even be going overboard. 
Continue. Okay. So, so you and I both, Chris and I both agreed, um, surprisingly that, you know, that, that we felt the same way that flagrant one was the correct call. Um, we both felt like it wasn't as severe as most people were making it out to be. He shoved him in the back. It wasn't a violent, as hard as he could shove. It wasn't really a dirty play. I didn't think, um, it was just a foul. He was, you know, maybe some of it was frustration. Um, one hundred percent. It was there was some frustration involved, but it was just more of a uh, you're not making this basket. Right. It was. It was kind of a deal. Right. It was kind of yeah. Making so what sure did Tyler have to say? So so Tyler definitely you know I think pretty strongly felt like it was a flagrant too. Um. It, but but you know he had a good he 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 tried to explain Let's hear it, it well. Let's hear. It. So he said if an accident can be a flagrant one, which is true. Yeah. Most fouls really are accidents. If a flagrant if and if an accident can be a flagrant one then an intentional action should be a flagrant too. And I don't 100% disagree with that. But in this case, so the problem that I have is a flagrant two, the result of a flagrant two is an ejection from the game. And I don't feel like that the foul that J.R. Smith committed on Al Horford was worthy of an ejection. If if there was a different you know if there was a different result if there was a different consequence for the flagrant two foul that didn't result in an ejection then fine if you want to call it a flagrant two call it a flagrant two maybe it's two shots in the ball and uh, uh, a fine or something but it's an ejection and I don't think you eject J.R. Smith in that moment for a foul like that one. Here's the deal: there's an intentional foul on a lot of plays. So if you're going to start talking about intent and if it's intentional, then it's automatically a flagrant two. Well, then the entire Boston Celtics team wouldn't even be playing in the game because by the end of the second quarter, everybody has fouled LeBron once and they all just bear hug him. It's a 100% intentional foul. And it, 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 it's not a push. It's not a shove. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But honestly, there's a difference between going out maliciously trying to hurt somebody, which is what a flagrant two is designed for, mm-hmm. and just a, a dumb, uh, a hard foul or a intentional foul even, but not something where you're trying to hurt somebody. And 100%, he was not trying to hurt Al Horford. Right. Now, J.R. Smith never argued about anything that came to him in this. In fact, he even said it was stupid, it was dumb. However, I think that the it's been completely overreacted, I, and, and I think that it's just a little ridiculous that everybody's got to give this poor – J.R. Smith's got a bad rap. He's got a bad rap. The guy's he does. the some guy. Of the, the guy's of kind of he he's known kind of as a as a punk and as a maybe not a punk but you know a hard headed I don't know whatever and he so so I think part of it comes from that. Mm-hmm. He's got that lazy man attitude kind of a deal walking up and I, anyway yeah yeah it, it, look with the flagrant two it's usually a flagrant two usually involves um, excessive contact usually to the head. It usually involves right. to the head, and it there's there's a wind up involved a lot of times. Um, you know, there's a flagrant two is usually not that debatable. I feel like it, you know, usually you you see a guy. Not that it's not debatable, but because they're you know almost every time there's a flagrant one or two called, there are people that disagree with whatever it is. But um, it, you know, a flagrant two is usually if if a flagrant two is going to be a wind up. And you take a guy's head out like really hard and throw him not to the floor. going after the ball at all, right? If that's a flagrant two, and J.R. Smith's foul can be a flagrant two, then those are like as far extreme, the opposite spectrums right. as yeah. you can possibly get. And and that's part of the thing too that that Tyler did say was, you know, his his opinion comes from the inconsistency of the way they call those fouls in the NBA, which makes sense to me, and it, and it, 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 it has been sure. inconsistent. So in in the end. In the end, going back to last week with our "You're crazy," Tyler. Man, I still think you're crazy, brother. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you, but uh, and please let us know what you think this week. Everybody, hashtag "You're crazy" or just note or not note. What do you do on on the Facebook? You comment. Comment. So comment on it. You comment on any of our posts. Like I said, we are on uh, the YouTube. The the SoundCloud, the iTunes, and 
the cast box. So right. comment on any of those and uh, also like it and subscribe. So real quick, because I didn't exactly introduce ourselves. I'm Chris Witt. This is Adam Schmidt over uh, in front of me. He is my cousin, much better looking cousin, mm-hmm. slightly older. He uh, is and probably much more knowledgeable. We just love sports, so that's what we're doing. So let's get right into it, brother. NBA playoffs, they are rocking. Oh, I like how you say that. Maybe a little play on words. Let's get the, into it. Since the Houston Rockets start right on them, have uh, have even the series with the Golden State Warriors by winning a game in Golden State, which they uh, before that were zero and seven career mm-hmm. in Golden State. Yep, in the yeah. playoffs. Yeah, breaking uh, a little streak here. Right. I think after Golden State went up to one, I think a lot of people felt like they were probably going to win the next couple of games, um, especially since game uh, four was in Golden State. Um, you know, and, and I, I was one of those people. I mean, I, I thought Golden State was going to win that game and then maybe even in Houston. Um, but yeah. um, look, Houston, Houston was was really tough in the fourth quarter in game four. Um, they were uh, they were up seven at halftime and then. The Warriors went on a, a, a great run in the third quarter. Which they have done the entire year. They own the third quarter, yes. It's, yeah. Um, it, but then the Rockets, so then the Rockets came back in the fourth quarter, went on like a 19-4 to run or something like that, and, and came back and took the lead and closed it out. Um, you know, and it was, it was a game at the end, but um, but they closed it out and they beat the Warriors on their home floor to even Beautiful. this series. And and while I still feel like the Warriors are going to win this series, now you got to look. I mean, they split. Hey, they and, split home and home. And now they have. They are still holding home field advantage, home court advantage. Right. Sorry. And I said in the beginning, I said it was going to be Cleveland and and uh, Houston. So I still believe that that is what's going to happen. And oh. and let me tell you something. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life happened in that game last night. Which was? Which was Draymond Green. Two things. Two things. First off, Draymond Green going up for the dunk and getting blocked by the rim. That was hilarious. His face was priceless. And then number two was when James Harden posterized him. And then, of course, Draymond Green does what he does and pushes him and then, you know, like hits him and then grabs him and gently lays him on the floor like he didn't do anything when in reality he started the whole contact but it was beautiful i love it i love it hard and do it three four more times this week and i'll be the happiest man alive your crush on draymond green just sickens me it's it's i can't oh. stand i i and it's and it sucks because i usually like that kind of player i like those kind of guys but he's too far over there he's gotta sh- just shut up shut up you and charles barkley are are the president and vice president 100 percent of the draymond green he sh- ma- if he, he just he shut man- up, he man Draymond Green haters club. <laughs> That's right. If he just keep his mouth shut and play the way he plays, and you don't even have to keep your mouth shut. I like a little talking. Don't want you're not one of the three or f- best players on that team. You're not. And honestly, Iguodala, uh, my uh, offense. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, you're not one of the best three players on that team. But but. So that doesn't give you the right to run your mouth and every time you easily, literally, foul, blatantly foul somebody to run your mouth. I've talked enough about Draymond Green. I'm done. We'll get off of it. How so, about the how about the Rockets only playing basically playing six players in this game? Listen, that's the thing that I think is gonna haunt them. I really do. I mean, they don't look like they're that tired, I guess, but I but I just don't, you know. Chris Paul is what 34, 33, 34, something like that. Yeah, I'd say that's um, pretty close. You know, Harden's about thirty. I Actually, think. he might be older than that because he came out in the same, the same uh, class as LeBron, didn't he? Yeah, and LeBron. No, that put him at thirty-four because LeBron's right. a year younger than me, mm-hmm. and that would put Paul at my age, so thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, and and he, uh, Chris Paul, is still a fantastic player, but. Um, you know, but but great fourth quarter. He yeah, and that was the thing. Yeah, I mean, he played that whole game, and then he you know mm-hmm. he he was their big catalyst in the fourth quarter. But um, but playing six guys, basically six guys that game, you're not going to be able to, especially with the pace that the Warriors want to play, you're not going to be able to play 
you know, so for you another, say they for outplayed the Warriors though, and, and the Warriors played more minutes than they normally do. Mm-hmm. You got Steph Curry shimmy shaking. I love Steph Curry, so I'm not going <laughs> to do too much here. But you got him shimmy shaking and everything in the third quarter, having his fun. Ooh, here we go, pumping the whole crowd up, and then all of a sudden, Steve Kerr says that they just got wore out there a little tired. Yeah. So, so Steph, you know, Steph. Steph's fine in the third quarter can go absolutely bananas, but all of a sudden, you know, a minute later, you know, all of a sudden, all you know, he's just not okay. No, what happened was they got outplayed, and the Rockets played great defense. Yeah, phenomenal yeah. defense in that fourth quarter. They turned it up when they needed to, for sure. Yeah, and they and you know, as a result, they stole one in 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 Oakland, and they uh, you know, the series is tied now, going back to Houston, going back game to five. Houston. So, um, so, so, okay. So, you still think the Rockets take this series? I still think the Warriors take this series. I, I, okay. So, I, yes. (laughs) Oh, second guessing. I'm not second guessing. They're going to take this series. The Rockets are going to win this series. On second thought, it, I'm, it's hard to say that because this Golden State team is legit. Listen, now, now this is, this was a game. Iguodala didn't play. And that's a big difference. Tell me, and just like we said before, we talked last week about when the reason the Cavs, a big reason why we think the Cavs won is because uh, Draymond got got thrown out of game, what was it, game three, and then couldn't play in game four. Maybe I got those switched up. Either way. Maybe four or five, or yeah. Four or five, maybe. <clears throat> but So Cleveland was able to do what they did. So that's a big deal. When they lose one of those five. Yeah. Yeah, it is a big deal. Um, and, and you know, I I I believe I believe Iguodala would be good for Game Five, but now they're talking about Clay Thompson being questionable for Game Five. Which what is happened to Clay bigger. Thompson? Was he, he heartbroken because K- KD trusted him instead of taking a shot at himself? Come on, Can't, no. these Golden State Warriors. You know what? They are the prototypical millennials. What's wrong? Uh, what's wrong with old man? You are on this millennial I'm, kick. I right am now. on a millennial <laughs> kick, and I don't even care. Let me tell you, KD. Take a damn shot, boy. That's, you get paid to take about five shots a year. You get those that big money to take about five shots a year, and one of them was last night when you had the – they don't play in enough of those close games. They looked lost on that last possession. KD was – KD could have easily stopped and popped over top of uh, – who was guarding him? Was it Ariza? I think was guarding him at the time. He could have easily – I think it would have been a better shot than giving it off to Clay Thompson to do some kind of pirouette – dance move spin you know clay thompson is a set shooter he's not your steph curry your your uh, kevin durant off the dribble make a shot for yourself he's a stop he's a stop and pop kind of guy i don't what 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 are they i didn't make any sense kevin durant said he would like to have that last play back he said he messed it up i mean he took ownership of that last play good for him and and he said he said he probably should have should have waited and let let clay you know get his feet set which plays into exactly what you just said um you know look here's the thing do you think steve kerr should have called a timeout there no i you know what these are grown men man i'm i'm i have no problem i'm okay either way if you don't call a timeout, uh, even in the college level, I like when a when the coach doesn't call a timeout. If you feel like your team is in a groove, if you've got a team like the Golden State Warriors right. and you That's have four thing. shooters, four play, three playmakers, and Draymond Green, sorry, on the floor at the same time, and you can trust four different guys to put a, to get a good shot, especially two guys without a doubt can shoot from anywhere on the court at any time, then yeah. Let them get in their flow. They're used to moving with the ball. The, the flow goes. Those set plays are nice, and they usually, you know, sometimes they'll come out nice. But I would much I, – I like – I don't have a problem with call, with not calling a timeout. I, I, I agree, yeah. But almost solely because of it's the Golden State Warriors. You have Kevin Durant with the basketball in his hand coming up the floor. You have Steph Curry on the floor. You have Clay Thompson on the floor. You have Draymond Green on the floor, who, who's, who is a playmaker, honestly. He is. He, he is. is. He, they have three shooters and four playmakers. Well, maybe three if you don't count Clay Thompson as a playmaker. So either way, you have four all stars. You have four all stars on the floor. And and I mean, at some point in time, when Iguodala's there, you have five. Iguodala is a was, was an all star. He was, yeah, um, right. So so yeah, for that reason, I do not, I do not have no problem. I didn't as they were bring as they when they got the rebound as he took the first couple dribbles. I thought, don't call a timeout here because. Yeah. You have Kevin Durant with the basketball in his hand coming up the floor. And what I didn't want to see, which he didn't, but maybe he should have, 
Um, I didn't really want to see him just pull up for that, you know, deep three with Ariza, and his, especially Ariza. He's, he's long, long and he's a good defender. He, you know, he contests shots well. So, but you know, I think you could have got. He had time to get get something going. You know, he he had time to set something. Get a get a screen and roll with somebody. You know, run it with Steph Curry. Steph Curry oh. and give the ball to Steph Curry and set a screen for him and and pick and pop with Curry and Durant. <laughs> Who are you gonna go? It's I mean, even, they're gonna switch, but fair. but then if you switch, then Curry goes by him. You, you go underneath and right. you, you, and Curry takes a shot. You try to come over top and you drop it to to Durant. Right. So anyway, so you know, it, but look, it, it, they they messed the last <laughs> play up. Kevin Durant owned it. He's he said he's going to look at the film and 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 make sure he makes a better decision next time. I like that. But um, so but look, that's it. I mean, I love it, it. it. It's it's tied two two. Tied two two. Now on that same note, mm-hmm. when you talk about the timeout and the type of team that should take a timeout and shouldn't, I because you have that many playmakers on the Warriors. On the opposite end of that, I believe that the Boston Celtics are the team that when they get a rebound in that situation, they're a team that needs to take a timeout. Yeah. So with that, and only because Hayward and Kyrie aren't there, if Kyrie Irving is on the court, then you let that guy do absolutely anything. I like Kyrie in the open, you know on a breakaway or in the open court. Mm-hmm. But so on that note, uh, big game today. Home court holds true. Boston wins again tonight. Mm-hmm. So that series now um, – Three two Boston. goes to three two Boston back to, heading back to Cleveland for game six. six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which um, in la- in in the other day, so the game four before we get into game five, what just happened today? Because I re- we didn't get to see too much of the game today. It was it, it looks like it was pretty top heavy. It was pretty much a a, a ten to fifteen point game most of the game. Right. They ended up winning by thirteen. Um. Game four, though, mm-hmm. is LeBron James becoming becoming the best player to ever play this game? A lot more people are saying that is true now. This guy, a lot more people are, is phenomenal. Now, saying that, I remember Michael Jordan, and that guy could he could have done what what LeBron. I believe he could have taken, and this is not a team of misfits. I feel terrible for anybody that's ever played with LeBron James. They automatically get called uh, a bunch of, you know, nobodies playing with LeBron James. No, these are NBA players. Some of them are role players, Mm -hmm. which for LeBron is probably the best guy to have. And then you have all-stars. Well, and all-star right now. And (laughs) all-star right now. And he's been, and at one point in time, Kevin Love, before he went to Cleveland, I mean, he was a double double. This guy, I mean, he was a every single night. He was at twenty and twenty, twenty five and twenty every single night. He's a dominant player. So they do have two guys. They got a Michael and Scotty. Now, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's look at the old Bulls teams. Tough. They were all they were the same way. It's I yeah. mean, there wasn't much with them. I mean, Bill Cartwright. What did he do? He I mean, he was a he was a big guy, but he was nothing special. Uh, you know, Steve Kerr, obviously, uh, Tony Kukoc, you know, Kukoc was good. It was good, he but was he good. wasn't, but he wasn't an all star. I think he made an all star team. One he might have made an all star team one. one year, maybe I one. Think. Horace Grant was good, but he wasn't. He, was. he wasn't that. You know, it wasn't like he got Steph, um, uh, Clay, and and KD and Draymond and Andre Iguodala all on the court at the same time. Right. So. You know, I I'm starting to think that you know that I love LeBron James, and yep. if I could paint his toenails for him or whatever <laughs> he wants me to do, I'd give him a nice little thigh rub or something. I'd hey. do whatever he needs. Yeah, that's not weird at all. I if he wants it, then it's not weird. Mm, still very weird. I mean, if I just walked up and started rubbing his inner thigh, I think that would be weird. But if he said, "Hey, stick with it." Come give me a little thigh rub, brother. I'm getting a little tight on the hammies. I'm mm-hmm. I'm down. That doesn't seem weird at all. So I would think that he there are two people that he would ask. There are probably thousands of people that he would ask before you, but the two people that he would probably ask first, I would want to be a trainer or his wife, maybe. Yeah. Well, that might that. get him excited. I'm not trying to get the guy excited. Well, no, I'm not I trying mean, to get creepy with this, not, dude. I'm not, not trying to get creepy. I'm just trying to rub the guy's inner not, thigh. He's not necessarily excited about anything <laughs> except for his thigh to stop hurting. That's I mean, true. 
Um, but yeah, no. So yeah, you you do love LeBron James. You do love. I do love LeBron James, and I'm and I'm. Listen, I love Michael Jordan as well. I, th- I. But you've said in the past you think LeBron is well. You said he's your favorite player ever, but you're willing to say now that man, I'm not. I'm. I mean, it's close. I'm. I'm willing to say that they are the two best players to ever play this game, and that's hard to say with Kareem okay. Abdul-Jabbar because. Right. And there's a lot of people that, a lot of millennials that. Don't even know who Kareem is, but I mean, you know, Kareem is. It's hard to say. I it, that's hard because then then you start thinking about Kareem and everything Kareem did in his career, and you're like, you know what? Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Kareem really is the best, and then it's Jordan, then it's LeBron. Maybe it's Jordan, Kareem, LeBron. Maybe it's. It, uh, I'm putting those three. There, there's maybe nobody in with those three. Wow. Nobody. Bill Russell and really? Will Chamberlain are. Like that, not even a full step down, but they're that like just a quarter of a step below because I think those two are amazing. But those are my three. I don't think anybody's. I they are in the league of their own. In my, I, yeah, that's well. But like, you, well, like tell, tell me what you think about this because this is important to me right now. This LeBron James deal, I I don't I think he I think he's underrated. The more the mo- <laughs> he's underrated. <laughs> One thing I think he is not is underrated, except for the people that hate him for some reason. Then he's underrated. But um, Jordan no. got Jordan got that too, though. Oh sure, there were people that hated Jordan. I I I mean they obviously um, are probably like working at a gas station right now, or like <laughs> you know they're probably actually they're probably unemployed right now. But because you can't have a, you can't be of sound mind and body and and dislike Michael Jordan. But no, um, no, I'm just kidding. You can. There are many reasons to not like the guy. But I'm not one of those people. One of Michael those. Jordan, one of those reasons would be his Hall of Fame speech. His Hall of Fame speech was. <laughs> we talked about this the other day. It was in the Hall of Fame of awful speeches. That was the worst for the greatest player ever. It was the uh, worst. Yeah. Speech ever. He was. Oh. Anyway. I, yeah. We don't want to get too deep into that. Yes. But anyway. So yeah. No. Look for me. I was. I mean, and you know, we grew up together. It was. You know, Michael was everything yep. to me. It was. It yep. was Michael was it for me, and and um, you know, I had the Michael Jordan sleeping bag. Yep. And for a long time. I used it as my comforter on my bed. It was as a teenager. Yes, <laughs> that's not a joke, by the way. I, I like, got I got have, it when I was like I got it when I was like truth. seven or eight. Yes, and I, I had it on my bed as a, <laughs> as a regular blanket with the whole, with the zipper on the whole thing and everything <laughs> as as a comforter on my bed. Yeah. Anyway, and I still have slept, it. I he, think I have it somewhere. I he don't know. Slept where it in is. a twin size bed till he was like, I don't know, till you were what twenty eight. Yeah, 29. something like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's not untrue. Um, anyway, uh, Mike. I mean, I had Jordan stuff all over the place. I was he was he was the guy. But um, so it's hard for me, just sentimentally alone. And I'm I will completely admit a bias. You know, he was the first huge athlete that I put on this pedestal, and and it was it was Michael everything. So. It's really, really, really hard for me to say anybody is better than Michael. They are different players. They're, they're completely different players. I don't want to compare them as in that way. I just want to compare them as as basketball players. Like just just to to, to go out and play basketball. Yeah, you know what, what's what's funny is um, you see things all the time. At least I see things all the time on social media, and it says. It, it lists like the top five guys or something and says like the best passer, the best shooter, the best rebounder. the be- And then, and then a couple of things that I've seen, it says best player, Michael Jordan, best all around player, LeBron James. I have a hard time with that. That's tough because- to say because that, because I feel like as an all around player, Ooh, man, I don't even know where to say that because LeBron, when he, I think he if you're going to un- say a LeBron's underrated somewhere he's underrated on the defensive end. I think he's an underrated defensive player. His problem is he doesn't he doesn't play defense enough. I think I I, so I think he, he's underrated when he commits to it. When that guy that guy you get into the playoffs and things like that. How how many 
incredible block shots does he have? How many you know times does he just shut a guy down in the last minute of a game because he's that much bigger and that much faster than everybody on the court? Mm-hmm. But I, he 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 doesn't always give 110. He doesn't. And I think Michael was considerably a better defender. Well, I I agree. Uh, and, and that's the thing. So so and my so Michael was. They're really pretty similar as a score, except for LeBron's size and his ability to get to the rim and finish in a different way. That my, Michael got to the rim and finished with finesse. It with finesse. Once in a while, he would dunk on people. He was, I mean, he, he was loved a, dunking on. He people, was a man. jumper and he was mm-hmm. a super athlete, and you know, in the nineties. Um, but he, but you know, he's not the athlete that, that LeBron James is. Is is crazy. As that sounds, if you're in the 90s right now and you're hearing there's a guy that's that's a decent amount more athletic and bigger and stronger and maybe faster, maybe, maybe eh, not, I don't know, probably he's... not faster. But uh, but you know he gets a rebound and he if he hasn't if LeBron has it in his mind to to get a defensive rebound and and go you know get a full head of steam yeah (laughs) if that yeah and and because because Giannis Antetokounmpo can make it in three from baseline to baseline well three dribbles three dribbles three dribbles three dribbles eight steps eight or nine steps um yeah and then he jumps from the three-point line or he stops dribbling at the three-point line Takes two more steps. Takes two more steps, and then a third and fourth step, and then one then more Then a Euro step, step. And then a Euro. And, and then, then dunks on somebody. And then dunks it, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but but look, okay, so so just, all right, back to focusing on just Jordan and LeBron. It's so hard. That debate is so hard because you can talk about so many different different ways. There are so many different ways to talk about that Yeah. and different ways to compare them. You know, they played in different eras. That's kind That's, of the easy thing to say. But Shaq said it best. That they were each the best player of their era. They were. They were. And and that's and here's the other thing, too. People feel like, and it was like this for a while when it was, who's better, um, Kobe or LeBron, who was the best player in the league at that time. You know, and people were like, you know, people hated Kobe, so it was LeBron's way better and Kobe's all these awful things. Or... Kobe's way better because they hate LeBron and LeBron's all these awful things. Right. And there are numbers that you can find to make one look a lot better than the other. You can always do that. I hate that numbers game. People pull pull stats out of their right. butt talking about stolen bases and runs scored, acting like you know, there's you, certain things that may – they will find a stat to make their point. Right, right. So and, – and you can do that in several different ways, but – but the thing is, nothing about the Billy Hamilton. I mean, I totally no, I, I, I caught it. Okay, I caught it. We're just not there yet. We're almost there though. Sorry. So no, <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> so no, but look, the the thing the, here's the thing that when that especially when the Kobe when the Kobe Lebron thing was going on, and now people want to say who's better, Lebron or Jordan, all time. I just love that we get to experience both guys. Like we got to see, and I wish I was a little older when when Jordan was playing, sure. because I would have understood it and had a better appreciation for it. But, um, but you have to just appreciate what you get to see every night with LeBron James and some of these other stars too. I think about that with our parents. Mm-hmm. Our parents got to watch. You know, they were they were adults when Magic, Bird, Jordan and LeBron, and Kobe were all playing, and Shaq. I mean, you're talking about six or seven of the top 15 all-time players, and these guys, and people like our parents, who are in their late 50s, mid to late 50s, got to see all of them while they could appreciate. Gives me cold, I got cold chills. I'm not kidding. That would get gives me cold chills. They probably don't appreciate them because our parents aren't crazy NBA fans, but... But true, you're, you're right. <laughs> I but know my right. dad's not. I, I agree. My dad either. My mom might be, but my dad's not. <laughs> oh, your your mom's the biggest NBA fan I've ever met. She calls my friend Bon Bon. Yeah, she calls my little Bon Bon because uh, because one time she heard Stuart Scott call LeBron Bron Bron. Is that is that right? Yes, she, he was saying Bron Bron, and she had no idea what was going on, so she started calling him Bon Bon. <laughs> I like it. I like it very much. Anyway, Shout out to Mike Little. Yes. Yeah, and my mom. And your mom. <laughs> um, okay, so 
All right, let's get back to the Cavs. Let's we, get back because you're the not going to make a decision. You don't make a decision about anything. Oh, I you're have. Not... I have my decision. Okay, is it Mike? It's Michael. It's Michael. Of course it is. It's Michael, but with a great appreciation for what I get to see LeBron. So where do you do. put? So say, let's say Michael's number one. Okay. Okay, and I'm not saying rank players one to ten. I'm saying if Michael's one, and do we agree that Kareem's the second would be number two in that case? No. 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 You a magic guy then, or what? No, um, or are you going towards the Bill Russell? I, you know what, Bill Russell is one of my five favorite players ever. Wilt Chamberlain, I would take as a better player. I, I, I agree with that. And, and Wilt is a top is a top three guy. I think. Yeah. It, the more I've the more I've read about and watched about Wilt Chamberlain, the more of an appreciation I have for him just in the last year or two, really. Yeah. I, I, I just I was actually just watching his video with interviews of interviews with Wilt Chamberlain like later in his life like interview after interview after interview on all these different shows and just hearing him talk about stuff and you know he he was you know there were things about Wilt Chamberlain that you know you could talk about but sure but basketball wise basketball wise <laughs> we all know we all know about those numbers he had on the other side of things he had, what was it 5000 he put or up big numbers a, he say. put up he put up some big he put, numbers put up some big old numbers um surprised he didn't anyway anyway, anyway before we get <laughs> before we get too far off um young no. hey all you millennials out there all you gotta do is look up will chamberlain you'll know what we're talking about pretty quick here's the thing is when we were kids people were calling us some sort of thing because we didn't see Le- we didn't see will yes. chamberlain or anybody you darn gen xers or yeah, whatever right, right. so Techni- anyway technically i'm a millennial yeah, I know. Yeah, I hear different descriptions of it all anyway. the time. Whatever. I don't even care what it is. But anyway, um, you know, Wilt's way up there, though. Wilt's way up there. But I, I have such a hard time. I have a hard time differentiating between my favorite players of all time and who I think is the, are the best players of all time. Sure. I just have a hard time with that. Um, You're a very literal person. So Am I? you I think no, I mean in that sense you're you're very literal. Like you yeah. you know the difference in your head between you be, you know that your favorite players are not may not necessarily right. be the best. That's yes. what I mean by that. Maybe yeah. literal is not the best word for it. But that's good for you cuz most people it's like okay, that's my favorite Patrick Ewing's my favorite player. He's the, he's the best center to ever play the game. I mean obviously that's not true. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is you know that's how some people are. Right. So yeah. okay. So let's get back to the Celtics Cavs uh, we'll go through this kind of quick because this has just been a home and home kind of deal. The ca- the games in Cleveland were close, and the games in Boston haven't necessarily been that close. There was one close game. I think it was game two. Uh, game three, Cleveland did beat them by thirty. Game three, that was, was a thirty you're, point. You're game. Cr- so maybe there wasn't. So that's right because the first three games of the series, because both games in Boston were blowouts, mm-hmm. and the first game in Cleveland was a blowout. Game four, Cleveland won by nine. That's the closest game so far, and that was the closest game of the of the conference finals up to that point, up right. until last night. Sorry, yeah. yeah, last night when when Houston uh, went into overtime and beat Gold, uh, Golden State by three. Right. So. So really, this is it, this this conference finals just started getting good. Yeah, look, the only thing I have to say about the Eastern Conference Finals is I want Cleveland to win Game Six so badly because I want to see Game Seven, Mister Game Seven. I want to see Game Seven, and it's gonna be great because it's gonna be in Boston, and Boston's untouchable, untouchable at home. But LeBron James is LeBron James, and if if LeBron he's still, if you're waiting, if you're still for some reason waiting for him to solidify his legacy as one of the all-time greats, you can't be at this point. But if you are, and and he he's going to try to get 45 in that game because yeah. he's had to do that for them to win. And he knows in his head if it's Game Seven, I'm gonna like he likes to get his team rolling in the beginning of games. Sure. And I think it was Game Three when they blew him out by 30. He had like. 24 in the in the first quarter mm-hmm. it's gonna be like that yeah if they're gonna lose he's going down swinging yeah oh, he's, absolutely. it's gonna be you're gonna see one of the best performances out of lebron james it's either gonna be a memorable performance and they win or it's gonna be one of those games where like when when he scored against the magic in the eastern conference finals back in 2006 or something like that when he scored the last 28 points in the fourth quarter and overtime right. and they lost yeah well they won that game they lost the next game they, yeah 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 um 
Yeah, it, it's I, I I'm just excited for a game. And look, I I still think Boston's a better team, right? So maybe they maybe they win the maybe they win game 6 in Cleveland and it's over and that the Boston suck. Celtics go to Well, yeah. But but I like this Boston team. I mean, I like this Boston I, team, so I don't eh, I'm I'm eh. good with whoever wins. I'm good with whoever wins the Eastern Conference Finals. And I'm really good with whoever wins the Western Conference Finals too, but I'm I'm a little bit I'm I'm definitely higher on Golden State for sure. Um I I like hard and head. I mean, again, differentiating the two, but I think I like I if I'm rooting for anybody, it's the Warriors in that series. Did you just say hard and head? Heart and head. Yeah. Oh. The difference between <clears throat> what's in my heart you, and what's you in You got my head. you got a, you got <clears throat> you got a throat clear coming I up. Absolutely I absolutely do, but I have <laughs> I was like coughing my lungs up right before we started. I'm trying not to You're do that. You're coughing your lungs up. I got nosebleeds. Oh Brother, we're pushing through this oh, bad boy. Man, we are in our mid 30s. Um, I don't know, whatever that means. So, look, okay. I, all I want is a game seven. I want a game seven in the Eastern Conference Finals. Great. Let's do it. However, now that it's 2-2, I'd like to see a game seven in the Western Conference Finals too. Why not? Yeah, there you go. So, on that note, let's jump off of the playoffs for a while and talk about a little, which we've already kind of talked about. We'll get into this real quick. So, the Jordan documentary. Yes. I want everybody out there, when this comes out, is it next year? 2019, 2019. right? When this comes out, please. Millennials out there. I know I say that word all the time. <laughs> young folk. How about I just say young folk? Hey, young blood. If you've ever not had an opportunity to see Michael Jordan in please, action. Please, please watch this 10-part documentary. And I know it's 10 hours. And I, uh, I was listening to It's going to, to be the best 10 hours of my life. I was listening life. to my cousin's podcast last week the the those cheap seats we talked about it mm-hmm. and i think the one guy was saying that he doesn't think anybody's going to watch it who wants to watch 10 hours of one guy playing basketball i'll <laughs> tell you who does this guy right here <laughs> i want to watch 10 hours of one guy playing basketball i could do it i could do it with a few people magic i could watch 10 hours of him yep. i could watch 10 hours of larry bird mm-hmm. i could watch 10 hours of lebron james and i could watch 10 hours of michael jordan some of the big guys it's kind of boring i'm not going to lie to you i couldn't watch 10 hours of shaq Hakeem for me. Ten hours. For, Hakeem, ten hours of Hakeem. Ten hours of the exact my, same move over fa- and over exact again. Sa- no, not the exact Hakeem same. shake. The dream shake the dream was shake. not the same every time. It wasn't. It wasn't. Okay, that's like saying okay. Well, the the Hakeem or uh, Hakeem. Now you got me. Hakeem. Kareem's 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 skyhook wasn't exactly the same every time. It was from a little further out and a little closer. And no, over here that's over. not what. But that's but that's I couldn't just watch. I couldn't just watch the skyhook for ten hours. I can definitely you watch can. this. Excuse me. Yes. So, uh, look, I have I have probably thirty hours of DVDs of Michael Jordan, <laughs> including like <laughs> six or eight of his greatest games ever. And anyway, it was like a whole box set. Anyway, um, but this, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Look, ESPN and Netflix, like two of the biggest power, you know, film powers. Um, in the world teamed up to make this documentary. It's, it's, I forget what they said, like over 300 hours of never before seen footage, which I can't imagine. There's I don't know no how way. they're going to do that because that's been, everything's been documented off the hit off this, but right. But either way, it's just whatever they show. I, I've probably, we both have probably seen almost all of it honestly before, but just the way they put it together, you know it's going to be good. I mean, you know it's going to be good. And there hasn't been anything like this. And that the biggest thing, we were started talking about this last week when they came out with it, and I think you said it, the big thing is Michael signed off on it. He's a That's, part of it. That is the biggest part of That's this. That's the biggest part. He, You're going to hear from Michael, and he's going to talk about because he doesn't give his time to everybody. No, sir. And, and this is a That's a big deal. You're going to hear from Michael, and you're going to hear from his teammates, and, and you're going to hear – I think you're going to hear stories. You know, there, there are several books that have been written about Michael Jordan, and some of those you get some stories that, that you don't normally get to hear in the news or in the media. Right. But And it's going to be like that. Like, I, I think we're – I'm excited for the opportunity to possibly learn something new about Michael Jordan. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. Please, young bloods, young kids – Anybody that didn't get a chance to see what we got to see, please watch this documentary. It's going to be flipping amazing. One one quick thing that's driving me crazy about it, the only thing we know is 
2019. That's all they said. We don't know when it's coming out. So to me, I see 2019. If it doesn't come on at 12 a.m. January 1st, 2019, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to lose, lose my mind. Yeah. I'm going to lose my mind. Oh, jeez, peace. So anyway, watch that. Please do. Let's get on to something. Uh, we're going to get into baseball. Before we get into the Reds, though, Adam, we both have a player that we have loved our whole lives. Uh, young man started with the Montreal Expos. And Vladimir Guerrero, one of my favorite hitters, favorite players of all time. His son, dude, Vlad Jr., this guy is legit. I, he might be better than Vladimir Guerrero. This guy could come up. I, I feel like this could be Ken Griffey Jr. I feel like the second coming of Ken Griffey Jr. is, come, is in this kid right here. Not be, not just because of the way he plays and he's that good, but with the dad who was a really good player. Well, Sr. was a good player, not a really good player. He was a good player, Where, but where Vlad is a Hall of Famer. But this kid, this this could be the first ever father-son duo in the Hall of Fame. Hearing you say this could be Ken Griffey Jr. It's pretty cool. I mean, that's the statement of the year. And I'm I don't disagree. This and I don't disagree. I, I mean, the numbers he's putting up, he's a double A right now. Yeah. The numbers he's putting up are so gaudy. It, it, he He's just hitting the ball. He's hit, getting three or four hits every night, it seems like. He's hitting home runs left and right. He's, he's driven in so many runs. He's just... I mean, he and look, I only know his offensive numbers. Like, that's all I keep hearing about. His dad was known for having a rifle arm. Unbelievable arm in right field. So, if he has actually, he's an infielder, he's a third baseman. So, but I'm talking about his dad. Right, right, right. And, but I was going to say, you know, if he has his dad's defensive prowess as well. Uh, I mean, it, it, he might, but it, it'll look different because he's a third baseman right now. Obviously, though. sure. If they bring him up, I mean, you have Josh Donaldson. He, he's in the Blue Jays organization, so he's gonna. If he comes up now, he's not gonna play third. Right. Donaldson is is their third baseman. Right. He'll so play maybe, somewhere else. Maybe he'll, he he'll plays start in the off DHing. He'll start off DHing, or or going into the outfield. That that'd be my guess, but. Uh, I mean, eventually he's going to take over at third. Whether Donaldson leaves in free agency, I don't know how many years he's got left, mm-hmm. but this kid's going to end up being their guy. I mean, he's had multiple uh, multi-home run games, and in double A, that kind of thing doesn't happen. Right. This dude is um, – he's a little thicker than his dad, but he looks like him. He looks like Vlad with, with, with dreads or whatever he's got, braids. I don't know what you call those, but he looks like his dad but with long hair. Yeah. So, so I don't want to throw out too many numbers because we've we've gotten some backlash about that, <laughs> right, rightfully so. It can sure. be boring. But he's in forty games. So in forty games at at Double A this year, he's hit he's hitting four twenty three in forty games. He's driven in forty five runs in forty games. That's wow. crazy. And the thing I love the wow. stat I love the most about him is so he he in two thousand sixteen he played like. 60 games or something like that in rookie ball. And then last year he split between low A and high A in 2017. Mm-hmm. His, his three, his two, basically two, two and a half years in the minor league so far, he has more walks than strikeouts. I love That's that. what I, I love. love that. And well, and, and if he's anything like his dad, it's going to be like that. For, he's his, I'm watching right now. I'm watching some YouTube video of him and his swing is his dad's, which they is awesome. look exactly the same. Their follow throughs the same. Uh, they're both 27, which is awesome and fun. But this kid, his dad didn't walk his dad. His, his dad usually Free didn't swinger. get his dad. I, I haven't seen this kid hit a home run off a ball that bounced in the dirt yet, like his dad has done. <laughs> However, I believe he can do it because he's bigger than his dad. Yeah. Well, then when his dad started. He's not as tall, doesn't look like. He might be, but he's he's bulkier mm-hmm. than his dad. Um, this kid is – it's just going to be fun. He he's he might be – he's probably the, the, the top prospect in baseball right now, certainly in the Blue Jays organization, sure, probably I mean, in yeah. all baseball. Uh, but, you know, like, like I said, he's only in double-A right now, so I don't know if they're going to call him up. Whenever they decide to call him up, are they going to wait until September 1st? Um, or, you know, it, it depends on, you know, if there's an injury or something like that that happens, they might. Or they might bump him up to AAA at some point and then, you know, try to make him prove himself there. Either way, I mean, they, you know, they say that 
if you're if you're performing in Double A, you you're you're good enough to to be in the majors. If you're you know if you're good in Double A, sure. So um so he's you know maybe he's ready. Here's the thing. He turned 19 one month ago. <laughs> one no two months ago. He turned 19 two months ago. That's crazy, and That's he's he seems ready to be a major league baseball player and a really good one. I just want him to start taking his batting gloves off. There's no reason uh, for batting wouldn't gloves. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome. Oh, if he played right field and and hit without batting gloves. Oh, that would be so great. Oh, man. Okay, so you and I are both going to be excited about him for a very long it's time. It's coming up. So let, speaking of baseball, getting into baseball, speaking of bringing guys up, uh, the, the Reds have made a couple moves. The Reds have, have been playing some decent baseball uh, here as of late. Uh, so let's get into it. What, what, what do you think about our Cincinnati Reds, man? So, um, as a matter of fact, they um, they were 17 and 32 after last night's win against the Pirates. The last I looked, it was the bottom of the 12th, and they were down 5-4. Do you have? Are you looking at the updated score? Uh, let's no. see. No, no, no. Oh yeah, I am. No. I am. I am. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No. It is the currently the end of the game, and the score ended 5-4. Reds lost. Okay, so they lost. So they are 17 and 33 now. Um, Still on a much better, on a much better uh, pace, win pace than they were to start the year. They were god awful, um, but you know they have played. They 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 weren't good against the Cubs. The Cubs came into town over the weekend. They lost three out of four there, and they they looked really bad. Thirty walks in four games over the weekend from yeah. from the from Reds pitchers. Yeah, um, it was it was bad. Um, Matt Harvey but looked good the other night. Matt though. Harvey looked really good. Last I, it's night. hard for me to say that. Without I know immediately is. getting upset. I know it is. How, here's my question for you: How many starts that Matt Harvey? How many? How many good starts from Matt Harvey until you are good with the good with the trade and good with him being here? Uh, I'm 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 already past it. I'm already I'm okay. I'm past it. Yeah, two. He's and he's had only his, had three starts. He's had three starts. He he went two four inning starts, which I gave him garbage for. For that, it's not his fault. He went five the other night, and I really thought they should have let him hit and go into the sixth. Um, I think they should have done that in the first game. I I don't know why they get into these. It's pitch counts and all this other crap. Well, he wasn't and, pitching for a while. I think right. Sure. Well, he was in the bullpen. Right, 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 right. So they, so they wanted to stretch him. That was the plan. Understandable. So, yeah, I, I do think that uh, I, I, I'm starting. To, I'm, I'm not coming around on him. I still don't think it was a smart trade. Okay. But I'm not saying that I'm not going to say that the Reds didn't get the better of the trade. Of course, at this point in time, is that even it, did they or didn't they? Right. Because Two weeks in, you you're can't. not going to know what's going to happen with this until we find out. If we end up keeping this kid, mm-hmm. or if we get if we deal him, then it becomes what did we get from Mesoraco by via what did we get from Matt Harvey? Yeah. So right now, right now, I'm 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 becoming okay with it. Okay. So he yeah. must ju- he must just not be partying as much, and, and and probably not. And and look, that's the thing. He's got an, he his career went downhill so fast in New York and that was the that was the thing about him i mean that was the book on him he partied he got a little too comfortable there and his career went downhill because of yep. that now he's getting he's getting a second chance i think he he realized his career is going to be over if he continues that way mm-hmm. he's getting another chance hopefully he he's learning from that and he'll kind of reset himself hopefully we'll see we'll see if it happens or not but Easier to reset yourself probably in Cincinnati than in New York. Sure. And and look, a new opportunity, a new atmosphere, a new chance to. He still looks like a cocky son of a gun sitting in when he's in the dugout. You know what? I agree with that. And all that. I still, I still that. feel, I still feel like he just looks like Homer Bailey. <laughs> Speaking of Homer Bailey, it's time, buddy. Is it? Is it, is time? it time? Is it time? That's my. What question do you do? What do you, you do? You, you cut bait at this point, or? You know the Reds aren't just gonna pay him. Was I think that if they were to release him, I mean they they'd have to give him a lot of money. A lot of money if they release him. I don't know Which what I it don't is. Think I think they owe him. They still owe him. I, I want to say forty million dollars on his contract left yeah, over. Yeah. So I don't know what they would have to pay him if they released him. I'm sure it's not as much, or maybe it's the whole thing. I don't know how those deals worked out, but I don't, buddy. It's getting close, man. I'm getting close. Okay, so do you do you eat? A lot of money and and 
designate him for assignment or whatever, and he probably clears waivers, and then you and then he refuses his assignment, and then you have ten days to trade him or whatever. Um, who wants you, him? Who wants that contract? You're going right. to have to give money to somebody to take that contract anyway. Right. Um, but then you're turning into the Mets giving away Matt Harvey. <laughs> right. So, so do you do that, or do you try him in the bullpen first? Give him a chance in the 100%. bullpen. One hundred percent. The okay. Reds are going to try him in the bullpen. I'd give okay. him. I I put him in the bullpen. The guys, the guy, is a few years off of being a decent, of being a good pitcher. It you, you give him a chance, take him out, and then then maybe these guys will get their heads on straight and put a guy who deserves to be in the starting rotation. And we both agree on this, I believe. Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett. This guy belongs in that starting rotation. He's been pitching good out of the bullpen. Don't get me wrong. And I know when guys start pitching good out of the bullpen, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need that three great. No, this kid needs to be in. I truly believe that uh, I know that um, Chapman ended up in his day getting hooked on that ninth inning, Mm -hmm. you know, screamingness when he played, when he was closing for the Reds and the Reds were good. But. Rysel Iglesias is the same way. I, but I really believe that they screwed Chapman up. I think that guy should. I think he should have been a starter for this team. I think he should have been starting for this team. He started his entire life. He started all through the minors, and then they brought him in and they started putting him into the bullpen. I think that I truly believe Amir Garrett, with this live lefty arm that he has, needs to come up and think he needs to be in the starting rotation. I want to see him in the rotation. It, it, I, you know, I do think twice about it a little bit now because of how good he's been out of the bullpen, and it's a different thing. You know, it's definitely a different dynamic. Um, and, and you know, he his first couple of starts when he came up last year were really good, and then guys figured him out a little mm-hmm. bit, and he struggled. Um, and, and and but he got a bullpen spot this year to start out, and he. Um, he he's run he's run with it, and right now, Rysel Iglesias was just put on the DL today. So, they're for right now, they're probably going to need to keep him there. Yeah. Um, because he's going to probably because you know Peralta will probably start closing games, and Amir Garrett will probably pitch you know be his, be the setup guy. Um, they also did activate uh, Michael Lorenzen, so so that's a back end of the bullpen guy too. He was, I mean, he was really good the last couple of years. Back I there. agree, a hundred percent. But that, that when guy's been out this long, I, I you can't sure. just he's he's no, you're he, not going to put him in eighth or ninth inning, but but maybe the seventh inning. I mean, it, and it depends on how I don't know how these other guys. Yeah, I mean, I guess he might be there, but the Reds can't get past the fifth inning, so he might just start, sure. have to start off being a sixth inning. Let's get let's get three outs, get your arm moving. And he was another guy that they talked about trying to start a couple years ago as well. So yeah. he's you know. He could he could even make a spot start still. I'm I'm sure probably. I mean, yeah, I so so it. yeah. You can pitch him in the middle innings. You can pitch him at the end of the bullpen. Or, um, but so yeah. So Amir Garrett. So you you're good with switching Amir Garrett. One hundred percent. I think that's what they Homer should Bailey. do to start because Homer Bailey maybe maybe Homer Bailey finds a little life mm-hmm. in short turn in short bursts. Um, he's a power pitcher. One hundred percent. That well, he was. He was not yeah. so much anymore. That's true. He's lost three, four miles an hour on that fastball. But so maybe he gets it back. That's what can... I'm saying. If okay. he if he's got a short burst, maybe he he feels a little more comfortable letting loose, knowing he's only pitching an inning and might have to pitch back to back days. But it's only an inning. It's something he's gonna have to get used to because that is something different. Right. So another thing about the rotation, I wanted to ask you: in the next couple of weeks, the Reds are getting Anthony DiSclafani back. What do you think about a six-man rotation? I have no problem with a six-man rotation. I, I, it doesn't bother me one bit. I mean, they've already babied these guys as far as they can do it with these, you know, nobody throws over 100 pitches or 90 pitches or four innings or 50 pitches if you're whatever you're coming off of. So, no, I got I got no problem with that. At this point in time, you, the way that you hold these arms back anymore, why not? If you have six guys, or if you're in the Reds position where you have six guys that you want to try that are in a tryout position, then yes, throw them out there. It ain't gonna. A lot of these guys are getting that extra day off during because there's so many more days off during the week now than there ever were before. So a lot of them are getting that much time off anyway. Throw an extra day in there. I agree one hundred percent. I've we never agree really way too much. I know, I, and that surprised me that you agreed with that. I, I thought you wouldn't wouldn't like that. I, and in, and in the past, I was like, no, it's a five man rotation. That's just the way it is. And that, but now, 
especially for this Reds team, I think it makes I think a six man rotation makes sense exactly for those reasons because you have a bunch of young guys that you want to look, and that's the that's the way it is now. You you want to kind of limit their innings, but you also want to give them a chance to see what they can give you. Don't just throw five guys out there; throw six. Why and, not? And that's an opportunity. So you give these guys an extra day of rest every every week. They they'll pitch less innings ultimately, and but they'll still get. 20 25 starts or whatever. Right. And and so you'll see what you have. It's a, it's a year long tryout basically. Exactly. And, and and that's the thing. So you can, you know, you'll have Disclafani. If you want to put Bailey in the bullpen, you have Harvey Castillo, Romano, Mali, and then Amir Garrett. And I mean, you have you have six guys that you can start right now and I think it just makes sense. Yep. I I I I agree with you. I I have absolutely no problem with it. Uh, I mean, things are getting changed all the time. Tampa Bay just threw out a relief pitcher, threw him, and started him in back-to-back games. Things are getting, things are changing up. So if you want to keep your five-man rotation, and you got some thing in your head that says that has to be how many guys pitch, and that has to be your day's rest, well, then, and you're a terrible team, throw six guys out there, and then when you become good then maybe you'll have five guys by the time the whole thing's over with. I'm going to start a baseball team and have a 10-man rotation. I, why, why I I have no problem with – I kind of like the idea. The way that people are, are throwing people now, you know me. I'm like throw to your arm falls off. I, I love it. You know, Cy Young, go out there and throw every single day, every inning. But, no, now the way things are, why wouldn't you – if you're in a big game, why wouldn't you start – a, uh, your best, rel- your your second best reliever, and let him start and throw three innings, and then bring in a really good long reliever. If you're in the playoffs, I'm saying, mm-hmm. and then bring your closer in. I mean, yeah, why not? Or or then bring in, uh, throw throw nine guys nine innings. Do it. Let's have a nine pitcher no hitter. How about that, Brian? With the first <laughs> year crazy ever. How about a nine pitcher no hitter? Tell me oh. that's not the most difficult no hitter ever. It's the most difficult. One hundred percent. Or maybe a twenty seven, a twenty seven. Right, now we're getting out. Get, of now we're getting out of here. Yeah, everybody gets one out. Everybody gets one out. Get your out and go, baby. Get your out and go. So the very last thing I want to do, and I know we have to hurry. Yes. Um. The the Reds lineup. Okay. The yes. Reds yes. to me, I feel like have put out a different lineup every single day of the year. Every single day this season, it, it hasn't been different every single day, but I know that for sure in the last, I want to say about 15 games, because I looked at the last about 14, 15 games, yeah. it's been a different lineup every every day. What do you think, do you think, do guys, are guys better off hitting in the same spot every day? Is there is it better to have consistency in your lineup or does it matter? Okay, so this is something that is not the easiest question to answer because I truly believe it depends on the hitter. Mm-hmm. Now, with the way the Reds are built right now, I think there's only really one guy that you have that that you want in that same spot. It's not just the Reds either. It's it's the way baseball is becoming now. Everybody's a free swinger now. So the the situational baseball and and really when you think about it the leadoff hitter you know you got guys at the top of your lineup for for two reasons one for that first inning because the score in the first inning is very important and two is because the higher you are in the order the more at bats you're going to get throughout the year so if you lead off every game for the whole year you're going to get more at bats than number two hitter or the number three hitter just because the games will end on you here and there blah 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 mm-hmm. so you're talking about at bats at that point so in in this day and age with free swinging the way it is situational hitting almost gone away maybe not gone away but it's going further and further away i th- i i don't think that that is that big of a deal to hit guys in different spots. Uh, I think a guy like Joey Votto or, um, you know, some some of these, you know, pure hitters that you have, I think like a Paul Goldschmidt or guys like that that are just or, – or Jose Altuve who, who are so um, cerebral about how they hit that it is important for them to know where they're at 
have an idea of what what they're going to see beforehand. Always be able to think out a pitcher there because they're thinking about how a pitcher is going through an inning before the game ever starts. So I think guys like that are. It's important to keep them in the same spot. I think Joey Votto should hit second or third. I think he should hit second personally, but you put him third, hit him third every game. But everybody else. I have no problem moving them around, and I don't think they have a problem with it. I don't think Jesse Winker could – I think he could care less if he's leading off or if he's batting, you know, fifth. Uh, I don't think that Suarez cares if he's hitting second or if he's hitting fourth. Mm-hmm. He, he hit third one game, I think. But either way, and Scooter Jeanette, dude just wants to get – dude just wants to hack at it, man. Just mm-hmm. as long as he's in the lineup, he's happy. And I think that's where a lot of these young free swingers are. Yeah, I, I feel like over the years I've heard so many guys. Some guys are like, I want to see, I want to hit in the same spot every day. I, you know, I, I remember Brandon Phillips one day saying, "You're only hitting, you're only guaranteed to hit second in the order one time, and that's in the first inning. Right after yeah. that, who you're going to come up in all different kind of situations. Sure, and, and I kind of, I kind of understand maybe wanting to hit. Uh, um, in front of or behind like Joey Votto or something, because you're going to see sure. better pitches and stuff. So that makes sense. But, um, but, but ultimately, you know, they're they're switching everybody around except Votto. They're switching everybody around in this order every day. And, I, you know, I I do feel like some guys and and maybe find some that works. Yeah, and, and maybe, well, that's, I don't even know. Like, because you know they'll score ten runs one day and then have a totally Switch different lineup the next day. But you know? once again, it's just like starting six. It's like starting six pitchers though. You, why not? At this yeah. point in time with this team, they're seventeen and thirty-three. This is the pace they're going to be on. Mm-hmm. All right, it, it is what it is. We're in a damn good uh, uh, division yeah. right now. You, the Brewers are phenomenal. The the Cubs are second last in the division and have one of the highest run differentials in all of baseball. I mean, we're in a tough division. You're not going to you're not going to win the division. You're not going to you're you're not going to be any better than fifth worst in major league baseball. Go mess around. Let's find where these guys all f- gel together next year, the year after that. Now all of a sudden, you got six guys in a rotation. Let's figure it out. Now in in 2 years, we have a great we have a five-man rotation. We know who's playing and we know where these guys are hitting. I'm okay with that. Next week, I want to talk to you about Scooter Jeanette. I love Tra- that guy. Trade him or keep him. Oh man, that's tough. Next week. Next week. All right. We're we're an hour and seven minutes in. So we've been doing this uh for a while. We try to keep these at an hour. They come out every Thursday. We're the nosebleeds. Uh Adam at Adam Schmidt forty four. You can catch me at Sick With It uh on the Twitter. On the Twitter, I did it. I actually said it correctly. You said the Twitter, but yeah, Twitter, yeah. What well, is the Twitter? Well, it's Twitter, but yeah, yeah. Look, you've got the, the whole Facebook. You've got the whole old man thing going tonight with your millennials <laughs> and the Twitter and all that. You're doing a good. You're all doing right. a good job. So old if man. you want to catch us on the FaceTube, <laughs> oh, that's a classic. All right, so Facebook, uh, where the nosebleeds pot sports podcast. Please catch us. Uh, comment. Give us a you're crazy. Tell us what you think about this week, and we'll uh, holler at you, and we'll 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 shout shout out for you next week in our you're crazy segment. Um, comment, please like like us, subscribe to us. We are on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Castbox. That's everything I got, brother. Anything anything before we're done? I'm good. All right. Don't forget to turn your lights on.